Restoration, Revival, Reformation. This is a Renowned Faith broadcast. You can find more information at RenownedFaith.com. Now, here is J.R. Darwin. You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about wolves. Ravenous, ferocious wolves. You know, just a little something weird about wolves is um, usually they hunt in groups. And when they're hungry, they can devour their prey. Unfortunately, I think there are a lot of wolves in the churches today. Some of them are dressed up like sheep. Some of them are dressed up like shepherds. But in either case, they're wolves. They seek out lambs that they can devour, take advantage of use. The Bible warns us about such people entering the churches. The Bible warns us about false teachers and false prophets, and we should be on our guard with the utmost discernment. Look at the Bereans. They searched the scripture day and night to make sure that what Paul was telling them was true. We're talking about Paul the Apostle here. Paul the Apostle worked great miracles through the Holy Spirit. A founding apostle of the faith, and yet the Bereans said, Hold on, Paul. Yeah, you might have done some miracles. You might be saying what's good to our ears. You might even have uh, a good testimony. But Paul, we're, we're going to trust the scriptures here. We want to go back to the scriptures and we want to make sure that what you're saying lines up. The problem in today, the problem with today's churches is, is there's no discernment. They're not comparing what's being said to biblical text, and when they are comparing it, they're doing it with biblical text that's out of context, or they are misapplying certain texts or scriptures to try to prove their own point, instead of letting the scriptures speak for themselves in the context that they were written in. I think of the book God Chasers. I enjoyed the book as a Pentecostal believer, as a new believer in Christ. I've since, uh, <laughs> I have actually have not read it uh, since I was a new believer, but I've, I've seen clippings and quotes from that book. And in one of the quotes, it talked about how we shouldn't uh, crave old bread, but we should crave new bread. You know, the Bible's full of old stories and we need new bread to liven us up. And that's just a paraphrase of a portion of God Chaser. Now, to say that the Bible is somehow old, stale bread is liking it to something that's disgusting and foul-tasting. I mean, it's a complete insult, not only to God, but it's blasphemous to say that the holy word of God is like stale, nasty bread. I'm insulted by that. Who is this guy, Tommy Tinney? I don't even know what, what else he's known for besides God Chaser. Let me tell you, that book kind of messed me up. Why? Because what I recall of the book is it pushed me to move outside of the word of God into more of an experience, a spiritual experience, a spiritual revelation outside of the Bible. And it takes you on this journey of mysticism that it's very deceptive. And I think mysticism is one of the biggest problems in today's church. 
church because they can't discern between good and evil. Isn't that the crux of what the Holy Spirit is here for? To not only convict the world of sin, but that we would know good and evil? That we'd be able to comprehend it and understand it? I mean, the Bible is clear enough that we are to be discerning. That we can't trade truth for a lie and a lie for truth. What's Jesus say? We can't be a river with both fresh water and salt water. But instead, we have too many charismatics within the churches who are pushing believers toward ecstatic supernatural experiences that they think are from God, that they think are from the Holy Spirit, when in reality they are doctrines of demons. They are harmful and they are deceptive. They put people in bondage to lies. How is it that a minister can get up behind the pulpit and share all of these different extra-biblical experiences that are unbiblical. How? How can they do that and get away with it? Because the people have traded these experiences for the Word of God. They have taken falsehood and tried to turn it into truth. In their own minds, it is truth. And we ought not let that affect us as we go about ministering to the world and to those in bondage. We cannot let these types of doctrines permeate within the church. We have to stop them before they get in. This isn't always easy, especially if you're on a church board or if you're a pastor and the majority of the people within the congregation believe a certain way. If they are particularly charismatic in their beliefs and theology, it would be very hard to turn that church. So we see once it gets in and once this doctrine spreads, it's very hard to get out. Not only is it hard to get out of the churches, but it's hard for those Christians or those people who call themselves Christians within this doctrine. It makes it very difficult for them to break free and find truth. I want to clarify first that I don't believe that all Charismatics or all Pentecostals are evil. I do not believe that all of them have bad intentions. Rather, I judge them by their doctrine and by what they teach. Now, I'm not saying that those within the Charismatic movement or in Pentecostalism have lost their salvation or are in some way not saved. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we need to be cautious that he can call people out of Pentecostalism. He can call people out of the charismatic movement. He can call people out of the apostolic movement. He can call out his people who have become entangled by this doctrine. I truly believe that there are saved people within these movements, that they've just been deceived. And one goal of this ministry is to see those people come out from amongst those doctrines and be free. Just like I did. I came out of Pentecostalism. I came out of the Word of Faith movement. Eventually they have to come out and they have to renounce some of these false doctrines. They have to come to a realization of their own deception. I think apart from that, there may be no hope for them. But I'm not the judge of their hearts. I'm only the judger of their doctrine. And some people may say, who are you to judge their doctrine? And I'll tell you who I am to judge their doctrine. I'm the voice of one crying out in the midst of a crooked generation in which the pulpit has been corrupted by men after their own greed. They chase their own greed. They chase their own lusts. And it's an abomination to the Lord. Now those are some harsh words. And I want to clarify something. That when I'm coming out and speaking out against ministers, 
when I'm speaking out against those behind the pulpit, I want you to know that there are a lot of good preachers. There are a lot of good ministers. There are a lot of good pastors. There really are. And they are so humble. They are so loving and caring for people. And there's not a greedy bone in their body. We're talking about small churches, you know, pockets of them around the world. And to those ministers, I would say I'm not talking to you about this. this. I'm not addressing you in this way. I'm not being harsh toward you. I'm specifically speaking about the mega ministries like Kenneth Hagen Ministries, Kenneth Copeland Ministries, Jesse Duplantis Ministries, Joel Olstein Ministries. These giant super churches that pretend to represent Christianity within America, okay? So I'm talking about these false teachers who stand up and preach lies. I'm not against every pastor behind a pulpit. I'm not against every preacher behind a pulpit, okay? I'm not necessarily against organized religion, organized Christianity and denominations. But I'll tell you what I'm mad about. Preachers who are greedy for gain, who hide their lusts as if they don't exist rather than confessing them and being healed by the blood of Jesus. These are the kind of people I'm talking about. Those who have snuck in and infiltrated the church, put on these uh, costumes to look like sheep or shepherds when inside they're wolves. Now that isn't to discount the true shepherds or the true sheep, but my friends, nobody's talking about the ravenous wolves that are consuming the flock. And that's what I'm preaching about. I'm talking about the men who are taking advantage of the pulpit. I'm not talking about your everyday Jesus-loving preacher who lives a life of humility and service to his congregation. I'm not talking about them in a negative way. I believe in them. I want to support them. And this podcast is in a way for them also. Remember the three R's. Restoration one. It's restoring the lost. It's what Jesus came to do. Those who've been lost into sin. The second R, revival. Bring encouragement to the body of Christ, to the saints. Lift them up, disciple them. And the third is reformation. Reformation of the churches, of the denominations, of the pulpit itself. You see, reformation involves pastors and preachers to evaluate themselves, to evaluate their doctrines, and it gives them an opportunity to be honest with their congregations, to be honest with people who follow them, and it gives them an opportunity to repent and reform what they're doing. I haven't decided yet how far I want to go in exposing corruption and sinfulness within the pulpit. Some people would say, who are you to call people out by name? There's a whole group of people that say, no, 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 you shouldn't criticize other ministers or people who are serving the Lord. You should never criticize within the body of Christ. You should never name names. My friends, I'm not afraid to name names. I'm not afraid to call people out on their doctrine. Paul did that. Go back and read the New Testament and Paul's writings, and you'll see that he called people out. I believe that it's biblical. I believe that it would be biblical also to expose corruption and immorality. Now, don't get me wrong. We're not looking for perfect preachers. We're not looking for perfect uh, ministers because only Jesus himself is perfect. But there are certain things that the Bible talks about that we should look out for in preachers and also in false teachers. A certain life that they live, a certain example they should set 
for other believers if they're teaching the Word of God. And there are too many ministers who cast that aside and think that they can do whatever they want. As long as their ministry's growing, it must be blessed, and they must be so blessed of God to be able to speak to people. And I would challenge that, that if they're living a life of sin and rebellion toward God, Maybe it's not God that's blessing their ministry. Maybe it's Satan giving them that kind of influence to spread false doctrine. So this concludes podcast for today. That concludes today's broadcast. We hope that you will visit our website at renownedfaith.com for more information about this ministry. We humbly ask for your continued prayers.